So I was talking to one of the leadership at Marks and Spencers and they said the minute they go on sale, a completely different person walks through the door. You just need to acknowledge it's complementary. You need to acknowledge it's not the same. And your D2C website should be probably where you really preserve the brand values. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus usually on a different marketing method, not at the moment, but anyway, it could be email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month, we're all about getting you ready for peak. Yes, Q4 is coming and this month we are all about helping you manage it. We've already covered analytics. We're going to be covering SEO and AI and also looking at Black Friday. But in this episode, we're talking about promotions and more specifically about how you can improve your profits by constructing better promotions. We're going quite big picture as well as quite tactical. There is a lot to unpack in this episode because I'm doing this with Rosie Bailey from Nibble, the AI negotiation chatbot. Remarkably, this is the first time I've done a whole episode with Rosie. So we've got a lot to talk about. So there's loads coming at you and some really new ideas and some really new ways of seeing it. Because as well as running the negotiation chatbot, the Nibble team gets to find out some fascinating stuff about how consumers are actually responding to promotions and what works and how to save your margin and increase your profits by running them better. Okay, make sure you listen right to the end of the episode because at the end of the interview, my guests will be sharing some quick fire insider tips to help you maximize the performance of your peak. And then I'll be sharing my take on it all, plus outlining some more free ways we can help you to improve your peak sales even more. So stay tuned to the end. The most important customer communities are not where you think they are. They're not social media groups. They're not referral codes. They're not loyalty programs. They are the real world locations where your brand's communities hang out. And these are the communities that have the biggest influence on buying behaviour. Want to access that? You need Herdify. Herdify is the world's first community detection platform, which you can use to find out where real-life recommendations are happening. Plug in your sales data, get immediate community insights, and start planning your marketing campaigns in a whole new way. Just like Cotswold Outdoor, Ella's Kitchen, Snow and Rock, Perry's, and Abel and Cole have done. Visit keepopt.com forward slash Herdify to learn more. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com slash H-E-R-D-I-F-Y. Keepopt.com forward slash Herdify. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then why not explore the latest technology on offer at e-commerce tech? We are going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in the tech space. To find out that and much more, head to keepopt.com forward slash tech. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash T-E-C-H. Keepopt.com forward slash tech to find all the best tools for your e-commerce store. 
In this episode, I'm chatting with expert Rosie Bailey. Rosie is the CEO at Nibble, the award-winning e-commerce AI negotiation chatbot, which means she's all about helping e-commerce brands and retailers to increase conversion at the same time as saving margin, thus ultimately increasing profits. Hello, Rosie. Hi, Chloe. Lovely to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Awesome to be doing this with you. We've done so many bits and pieces together. I'm kind of amazed this is the first full format podcast interview. Yeah, well, there you go. And events. I, I'm actually big into events. I, I think podcasts and events and getting the word out there, we do too much on email and things. Yeah, it's good to, to actually chat, especially on a topic as kind of wide ranging as the one we're doing today. Before we get into it, though, how did you end up working in the world of negotiation? It sort of evolved rather than like, like uh, you know, so, so I spent the first 20 years in finance. But actually, if you do deals and advise people on deals and help people with their funding and their fundraising, negotiation is arguably the most exciting and critical part of it. And I was explaining to a friend of mine, if you think about it, it's like 80% how you say it and 20% what you say. And I think it's that realisation that you have to practice it and you have to do it. And funnily enough, I, for myself, and we've done things like fundraise for Nibble, and I've got three children, which negotiation is a core skill of parenting. So I don't think I relish negotiating, but the more I learn about it, the more I get confident and comfortable that there are things you can do and ways of approaching it that actually anyone can learn and get a little bit better and get a little bit more confident. I think it is one of those things which familiarity and practice makes it just seem like walking rather than if you never do it, which I'm pretty much in the category of never doing it, it it can feel so awkward. But practice makes it feel comfortable and makes you much, much better at both doing it and succeeding at it. Yes, and I think you can find opportunities to practice, right? Like, so tonight, after you've listened to the podcast, you can have a go at not doing the dishes and see if your partner acquiesces. No, but in all seriousness, there are places you can go. And and I've done a few sort of formal courses where I've been taught negotiation skills. And I tell you, I've been really scared just walking into a room to practice. You know, like you've given a brief and you're told, pretend you're buying a house and then the other person is briefed, pretend you're selling your home. But you get over your embarrassment and then you realise this is this is actually, yes, it's, it's a muscle. It's like riding a bike or something you practice and it, it all becomes a bit easier. But funnily enough, we do it with a chatbot at our company and people prefer it because it's less scary. Really? They literally find that it's knowing it's not a human is less scary than if it was a human. Yeah. And actually, there's been, I'm big into all the academic research of this, but there's been academic research and they they can allocate the cost of negotiating. And one cost is time and one cost is loss of face. And and they've actually put a number on it, whether you believe it or not. But they say that the average cost of a negotiation is probably $1 for the risk of loss of face. And probably your time cost is directly proportionate to how much you earn. So high earners place a very high cost on the delay of negotiating and lower earners are willing to spend a bit more time to try and get a great deal. And and the two things are solved with a chatbot because there's no loss of face with a chatbot because you can just close the browser window and move on with your life. Nobody knows. And the time with a chatbot is down to less than a minute, 
Whereas, of course, in a human negotiation, you, you can't control it. It could be much, much longer. How interesting. Love that. So, okay, right. We're going to get more into all of this shortly, but or I'm sure we'll end up coming back into this shortly. But we're here to talk about how we can construct our promotional activity to increase our profits in Q4. And I don't know about you, Berezi, but I feel like profit is something we don't talk about a lot in relation to Q4. It tends to be all about the sales numbers and the turnover. And especially when we get to Black Friday, everyone just seems to want to give away everything in order to get new customers. Is that something you find? Do you think we should care more about profit in Q4? I think it really depends who's making the decisions in a business, right? And in a small business where maybe all the key decisions are made by the business owner, then I think you do find a very strong focus on profits. But when you get into a distributed business that's slightly larger, where there's someone in charge of the e-com site, there's someone in charge of marketing, there's someone in charge of finance, it's actually much harder to bring that all together and to get everybody working together to a profitability stage. And so we have clients who one week they say, can you help us improve your average order value? And so we work on that. And then they say, well, conversion stayed a bit flat. And so as a result, although the average order value has gone up, which is great for sales and profitability, it hasn't gone up as much as if I put a banner ad on the website at 25% off. And actually, I need my sales to go up. And I've found it very hard to get someone to bring it all together. I think it's partly measurement and data, right? Like who's got easy access to profitability, whether it's the CFO and and the the business leader, like a CEO or an owner. Not many other people see that. Yeah, it it is kind of one of those things where if you're the marketer, even if you're the owner sometimes, actually working out bothering to work out if I look at the cost of the postage on this particular item and the cost of goods plus the overheads factored into that that piece and then the promotional piece to that customer segment to potentially work out lifetime value it's it's a really complicated set of numbers to pull together to create promotions which I think is I think even in my experience a lot of senior people are not even bothering to do it because it's a bit too complicated because you for most businesses you've got to take it down to skew level because of differing costs per unit yeah and and there are whole agencies out there who are building their proposition on a customer lifetime value calculation but unless you're but also unless your business leaders believe in it and care about it and love it you know they'll they'll see it as a dark art that doesn't change their behavior anyway right like so there are a few companies who i think really draw together the customer lifetime value and work it work it out really well but there's a few where people go yeah but how am I supposed to know and in a year's time if somebody's left who cares I need to sort of get the win today so yes we, we really do try and think about profit but I think the other way to think about promos and profit is profit usually goes hand in hand with brand values actually because it's very very difficult to have a sort of on-brand enforcing promotion that's really bad for profits and then the opposite is some sort of slash and burn 50% off which is always not on brand it's always just a a factor of just trying to clear the stock and there's a place for that and people understand it but it does always look like the bargain bin and customers are terribly happy with that at the right place in the right time and and very great retailers like next and so on so forth do that but they do it a very short time window And that's how they keep it, if you like, on brand, because the whole brand is, don't worry, we never drop our prices before Christmas. You're not going to look like a Wally for buying somebody their Christmas pyjama 
early in December. Nobody's going to get a good deal until the Boxing Day sale. I love the fact you're bringing brand into it because I think it should be you know, it should be a part of all of our marketing and the promotional offers that we put together are just as much important as the graphic you put in the in the email send. But I think it's also about constructing promotions that attract the right customers. And often, you know, the bargain basement stuff does not necessarily attract the right customer. It just attracts a customer, which I think is something which it's very easy to create something that that makes anyone want to buy, but it's a lot harder to create something that attracts the ideal customer to your business. Yes. Or you can have different channels for different customers. So I was talking to one of the leadership at Marks and Spencers, and they said the minute they go on sale, a completely different person walks through the door. The same goes for Dyson. They clear their ex-display stock on eBay. And the reason they like that is a completely different customer than the one that goes to their D2C stores. So you just need to acknowledge it's complementary. You need to acknowledge it's not the same. And your D2C website should be probably where you really preserve the brand values. I was talking to a beauty company and they were very, they, they were very influencer-led. They had a, a fantastic beauty um, artist who was one of their main brand ambassadors. And they they wanted to make sure that if they did any promotion, any gift with purchase or any bundling deal, that it fitted with, let's say, a video or a reel that she had done so that the items put together would be complementary items of makeup, right? That you weren't going for things that didn't didn't shock the look, as it were. And it's things like that. It's just thinking, and it seems so logical, but it's just taking a step back from what is everyone else doing to what makes sense for me. I know you've talked a lot about mystery gift boxes and things like that you know there's loads of ways of doing it i'm going to come back to your the bundles that you just mentioned because i think that is such an underutilized option i always say you need to make a promotion get the customer to do what you want them to do as cheaply as possible and if what you're trying to get them to do is to to buy more units then to do a bundle and then to reward them for doing the bundle for buying be it the mascara and the lipstick and the eyeshadow or be it buying you know multi-buying your socks or your toilet roll or whatever it might be and rewarding them for that rather than just the single unit purchase is just such a such an obvious way of making a promotion fit better with a business and then as you mentioned the mystery boxes in the right place they can be hugely hugely beneficial to a brand in terms of clearing out stock that you need and making the customer often feel really excited with what they've got but then I get my sustainability hat on and I'm like should we really be shipping people stuff they don't know if they want or not you know are we just are we just stocking up the school fate jumble sale or you know or bric-a-brac stand with this so I think there's a you know it kind of varies from business to business for how how good a fit that's going to be this is I think where if you can have a conversation with your customer or get as close as possible to understanding what the customer needs. So we have a conversation with the customer at the same time as we put a bundle together. So they put one item in the cart and our chatbot says, I like that you love that item. The following items go quite well, but as long as you put any three items in the basket, we can do you a deal. And it talks them through that process. So two things happen. One is the, the customer gets items they're much more likely to need rather than just a fixed bundle that you advertise on your website. That results in better engagement. 
So they tell you more about what they like and what they don't like during that conversation, during that flow. So you can use that information to make better bundles in the future. But the last thing is, is we find that the average discount the customer demands on that bundle is about half the bundled discount that most of our retailers offer on fixed bundles. It's kind of mad that and by the way I didn't know you were doing bundles yet that's very cool I've learned something new today too for me there's this kind of two things I'll come back into that the difference in what the customer wants versus what the retail is offering but I think another interesting thing there is that when I've been advising companies about their promotional strategies and we've been looking at bundling or two for three or, or three for twos even that'd be much better or you know mix and matches Often the website tech is really, really complicated to make it work. And the customer has to jump through a number of difficult hoops to put the bundle together in a lot lot of scenarios. So clearly, if you've got the chatbot talking you through it, it's removing that barrier to actually putting a bundle together. You know, I'm sure we've all been on a website where we're going, I wonder if I can put a different item in there and if it will still work or what exactly am I trying to put in this? So it, it helps the customer through it. But that difference between what the retailer is willing to give away and what the customer actually needs to make the sale, that's something you're finding again and again, not just with bundles, but with all discounts, isn't it, across uh, the work that Nibble's doing? We tend to do a sort of opening campaign with our clients, you know, some sort of simple campaign, maybe on clearance stocks or maybe triggered by an email campaign to loyal customers. And that opening campaign is just how we work out what kind of negotiated discount somebody wants. And it's it's actually, I'm going back to the academia now, but it's actually proven that if you negotiate for an item, you value it more highly. And and it's funny, I was talking to a friend of mine, she's based in New York, and I said, by the way, there's this company in America called Poshmark, and have you heard of it? And she's like, oh gosh, don't be ridiculous, Rosie, of course I've heard of Poshmark, it's the biggest, it's the biggest fashion marketplace for pre-owned goods. And I'm like, oh great, what do you think? And she's like, completely love it this top is from Poshmark (laughs) and you know why I love it I got such a great deal on it I talked to the seller and 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 it's just that experience of enjoying and engaging and usually talking about the brand values right like so somebody's on your direct consumer website because they like your brand because it's hard to find a brand today right like there's a very crowded marketplace so if you've successfully got them onto your website it's because they identify with something that you stand for do you make all of your t-shirts in organic cotton do you only use repackaged um, goods in your packaging It, it, it could be anything but if you reinforce those values through the conversation you just remind someone why they were there and so they might ask for say 50% off and you say don't forget it's fair trade coffee we pay our farmers a fair wage, so we can't do deals like that. What's the best that you can do? And people move from wanting 50% off to wanting 5% off. And it's talking about those values. It's having that deep engagement. It's reminding someone why they like it. And then you find that perhaps you've fallen into a trap of over-discounting. And some of these things, they're, they're just wallpaper. They're noise. They don't work anymore. Well, I think that's the other thing between what I suspect between the difference between what someone asks for and what we try and give them is the marketing message element of it. You know, so going out there and, and using a big percentage number to wave the big flag and go, come over here because we've taken a big percentage off. So you want to walk in our direction. Whereas 
actually, well, one, we know that consumers find percentages hard to understand. So you'll increase your response rate if you go £10 off rather than 10% off, even if it's less overall. You know, if, you, if, you, if your AOV is 100 and you're saying we'll give you a fiver off or 10% off, I will bet you net right now that the fiver will work as a better conversion rate. Less money for the customer, but they actually understand it. We feel like we need to put this number out there to bring people in, but actually the right customer would buy the product at a lower discount, which I think brings us down to something we haven't really talked a lot about, which is discounting. Obviously, there's the whole consumer pushback against no offers for existing customers, but how do you see people using segmentation of different customer types and so forth well in their promo strategies? I think you can learn by talking to them. So there are some customers who always say to us, I've seen it cheaper on Amazon, and sure that's the best you can do. And if you have a product that's also listed on Amazon or is highly competitive, I think you do need to be pragmatic about it. But you don't have to put that discount out there in a really like obvious way. The, the, the reason you might put the discount out there in an obvious way is to drive traffic. And in that situation, to drive traffic or to make sure you're the lowest price on Google Shopping, it makes sense. And if that needs to be your strategy, you will know you're that kind of brand or retailer and you will need that to be your strategy. But if, if, if you've got a slightly different positioning, you don't need to advertise it so heavily and you need to have that conversation in the right place. And so you will have a component of that. The other place we see it, very segment specific. So higher average order value items, people are three times more likely to say they've price checked wow. in one of our chats. So if it's over $100, they're three times more likely to go, I've seen it cheaper somewhere else. That's mad. It is mad, isn't it? And then, but in other industries, they'll say different things. Like in beauty, they will ask for a discount, but then they'll quite quickly move on to freebies and samples. So they'll ask, okay, fine, I get it. But what samples, what freebies can you throw in? And so all of these are behaviors that we've trained our segments into. But we see a lot of those segmentation by product type. So average order value or type of product, right? Is it a treat? Is it a gift? Gifts, unfortunately, people seem very price sensitive on, which is bad news in the run up to Christmas. But there you go. <laughs> So segmentation via, you know, the good old RFM, recency, frequency, monetary value is less critical when it comes or less impactful when it comes to our promotional strategy than what I would loosely term as mindset based segmentation. So, you know, trying to work out a way of reverse engineering the mindset of the customer when they're buying that product, i.e. gift or own purchase, average order value slash price point and product category. So there's a certain amount we could do within our database segmentation around those elements, as well as the conversational side. So I guess there's some, some training for the customer service team and some cleverer segmentation in our email marketing and other channels for this year. Yes, I think there might be. I think there might be. And I think you, but I think my concern about segmentation and sorry to be sort of counter to the common theory is what you're trying to do with segmentation is work out what's in the what's the customer thinking today and and all you can use is what they were thinking yesterday and the day before and previous occasions and i'm a parent right and so there are some websites where i'm shopping for me for my kids for my husband and for gifts and you can't tell from who i am or how frequently i shopped why i'm coming to that website today 
And that's where I feel that segmentation is, it, we've got to remember it's a proxy for trying to understand that individual. At the risk of sort of sounding like a bit of an AI aficionado, there are tools out there now that make it so easy to understand what they want today, <laughs> not who they are or what their demographics is or what their background is. It's so much easier just to find out why they're here now. And I, I think we, we, we should value those sorts of things quite highly. Is it coming on for time in our industry for us to separate the marketing that gets them to the website or the point of sale from the discounting, which is worked out on a more personalized, more customized basis once we know a bit more about what they're doing through the website? Because it, it seems with all the things we've been talking about, actually, the marketing has one role. And then on the website, that's where we can learn enough to make the best margin. And when, you know, I'm probably guys, you're not going to get to implement a huge amount of this this side of Christmas. I realize we're, we're kind of straying into the long term stuff. But this seems like with the data we've got, any brand right now should be thinking about how can we kind of split those two pieces apart if we want to drive the conversions that we want to be driving. I think so. I think I'm much more interested in did they come from TikTok or Instagram? Did they spend a long time browsing before they got to the product detail page or did they go straight there? Did they engage with chat or rich content before they made a decision? Those things I think are much more interesting than who they are. I also think it fits with privacy, which maybe is partly my personal politics, but you know, I, I think the privacy laws and, and the expectations of consumers are, are moving slightly more towards privacy. I know still many consumers don't seem to engage with that so much. But I, I actually think you don't need to know who I am. You need to know why I'm here. Yeah, I think I have to say as a human being, I think the privacy laws are only a good thing. And we've got to get better. Yes, we as com companies, we have to get get more you know I, I i speak as a marketer who used to be like give me the data give me all the data i will hoard data and fields and all of this and actually then you look at it and you're like well we've never used any of that so why on earth are we collecting it we don't need to to hoard it in this way we need to think more about what is timely what is sensible and so forth but before we go off on another debate about privacy rosie thank you so much for um, all your advice about how we can craft promos and promo strategies that save our margin and increase our response rates is there any last thing you'd like to leave people with before we head towards the insider tips or have we covered it all i think the only other last thing you know as well as making your promos on brand I would think about what's fair because I think I think quarter four is a time when people historically try and be very tactical. But the consumer's wise to it. They know exactly what you're doing. They know that you're putting on a special kind of product that you can do at a lower price, but it's lower quality than usual or whatever. I would assume the consumer is super smart and I would try and do something that's fair. And you have so many options to look at data and to look at understanding and look at behavior. I would just keep in mind you know say i think that transparency and that fairness will be what wins you loyalty and benefits in margin lovely thank you so much rosie okay listeners remember to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on rosie's insider tips on e-commerce and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business
The most important customer communities are not where you think they are. They're not social media groups. They're not referral codes. They're not loyalty programs. They are the real world locations where your brand's communities hang out. And these are the communities that have the biggest influence on buying behaviour. Want to access that? You need Herdify. Herdify is the world's first community detection platform, which you can use to find out where real-life recommendations are happening. Plug in your sales data, get immediate community insights, and start planning your marketing campaigns in a whole new way. Just like Cotswold Outdoor, Ella's Kitchen, Snow and Rock, Perry's, and Abel and Cole have done. Visit keepopt.com forward slash Herdify to learn more. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com slash H-E-R-D-I-F-Y. Keepopt.com forward slash Herdify. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then why not explore the latest technology on offer at e-commerce tech? We are going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in the tech space. To find out that and much more, head to keepopt.com forward slash tech. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash T-E-C-H. Keepopt.com forward slash tech to find all the best tools for your e-commerce store. Okay, Rosie, so far we've gone deep into promotional strategies. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of e-commerce. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with e-commerce, which of course includes everything we've already been talking about. Rosie, are you ready for these? I'm nervous, but I'm ready. (laughs) Don't be nervous. It's going to be fine. Uh, Let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think when you're looking at quarter four particularly, there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of other people telling you what to do. And so my newbie advice is don't look too hard at what everyone else is doing. Look at your own brand and work out what you think will stand out from the crowd and be on brand and then do a promotion around that. Yeah, ignore all of us and the noise we're creating because this time of year, you're totally right, Rosie, there is so much noise on the go. Stick to your own business. Focus on what you need to do. Love that. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimising. So what's your favourite way to improve performance? So I think to keep optimising, you do not need to start looking at the data and thinking about what tools and what bells and whistles you can put on top of that on-brand promotion. And I think there are quite a lot of new tools in the market. This is where looking at your competitors might start to help. So I'm going to contradict my first piece of advice. But there there are a lot of AI add-ons that are being put into your existing platform like Shopify and Magento that you might well be able to use. And I think quarter four is a great time to experiment. And you should have the elevated traffic to get the data to find out what will work for you for the rest of the year in 2024. I don't think that's a contradiction at all, Rosie, because I think um, I think you have to be aware of what's going on in order to focus well. So there's kind of it's the filtering that's the key thing there. I don't, I don't think it's a contradiction at all. Uh, if someone listening wants to learn more, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? I would recommend getting on LinkedIn and following me. And I apologise for being so blatant about it, but I've just introduced negotiation office hours 
and I will give you 15 minutes of my time to help you with a tricky negotiation because I love doing it. I love helping people. And negotiation is a skill we all could get better at for life success. Love that. And um, I have to say, Rosie shares some brilliant content on LinkedIn as well. So two good reasons to go and follow Rosie on LinkedIn. Uh, finally, crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? I think two things are going to come to the fore. I think there's going to be a huge focus on profitability. I think we've had all sorts of weirdness in supply chain and inventory management and promotional stances, which I think will have worked its way out by the end of 2023. And I think in in the next year, people will focus heavily on profitability and what works and what doesn't work. And to that extent, I'm going to bet on the resale market. I think what I've seen in, in the resale market, this really interesting focus, even when you're buying something new, you're going to start looking at its value in the resale market. And I think that is going to give an interesting dynamic to high quality sellers of products because I think think they, they will benefit from this because people will say, I, I'm going to buy that. It's going to be a big treat, but I probably can get 60% of the value back if I don't need it anymore. Yeah, the tech world at the moment, one of the most interesting places is how people are managing resale and buyback and all that kind of stuff. So loving those answers. Thank you, Rosie. We're very nearly at the end of the show, though. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Nibble? So they can find me easily on LinkedIn. My name's Rosie Bailey um, and Nibble is nibbletechnology.com or you can just search for Nibble AI chatbot and you should find us or Nibble Negotiation. Uh, you should find us. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Rosie, for being such a brilliant guest. I've really enjoyed our discussion and I hope we've got everyone thinking about some better ways to craft their promotions and do their negotiations this autumn. So um, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So a plethora of ways there for you to change your promotions up, to improve the quality of the customers that you're recruiting that you can use to increase your profitability, reduce the amount of margin you're giving away and some really big picture thoughts there around how we should be segmenting for offers, around how we should be structuring our deals and how we should be helping the customer through the process. I think there's a there's an awful lot to unpack in this episode. I suspect it's one we may all be listening to more than once. And I do highly recommend following Rosie on LinkedIn because some of the data and the insights they're sharing really do get you thinking about taking what I think is a bit of a leap of faith to structure promotions better as we go into uh, what's going to be a really interesting Q4. Now, you can get links to all those things we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, our notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. Or you can use our special direct episode short links to go to the correct page straight away, which is keepopt.com forward slash episode number. When you get to the website, do make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, then do check out episode 451 on e-commerce master plan, our sister show, where we were talking all about AI tools and how those AI tools are going to help you in your business. I think you'll find that quite thought-provoking and interesting. And in our last episode, we talked about analytics strategies. So a, a whole other new strategy to get your head around. You will find that if you scroll back up your feed. 
And for the five episodes before that, we ran through what's happening in digital advertising right now. So there's already that seven episodes you can dive into to help you get yourself ready for the peak season. And we've got another one coming up next time. And then our annual Black Friday tips episode will be coming up at the end of this month. So lots for you to check out on the podcast at the moment and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any of what's coming up. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z. Find the latest e-commerce tech at keepopt.com forward slash tech.